Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians to become world-changing disciple makers. I'm Paul Watson, and this is Rebecca Ewing, and you're listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. You can download the CDM app. Come join the growing platform where you can access our praying community of disciple makers and learn from our podcasts, blogs, and videos that will help you know how to make disciples in your life and ministry. While you're on there, you can support this podcast by following the link to our Patreon. Your support allows us to continue to offer and create new content and support disciple makers like you as you transform your communities with the gospel of the kingdom. And as a thank you, those who give at least $5 a month will have access to our premium content that dives even deeper into the challenges and tips for disciple making. We're going to be speaking about the four areas of engagement, but then also what are some qualities of a good engagement? And then also what are some kinds of engagement that helps us be able to refine what we think? So we're going to go into two separate things today. So uh, very first, guys, when we are looking at this whole thing, there's the four areas of engagement. Uh, so those four are lifestyle, hobbies, vocation, and volunteering. Yeah. So when we're looking at the different ones, let's let's go ahead and unpack which ones those are. I know that you've heard them before, but with a bare repeating. Lifestyle are the things that that we do, the natural rhythms of our life that take us around people. So I know that I get my hair cut from the same person every, basically every two months. That's a lifestyle rhythm. If you go to the same grocery store or gas station and you pay for your, you know, you, you pump your gas and then go inside and pay and you see the same person there each time, that's a lifestyle rhythm. If you go to Walmart on the same day of the week and you see the same cashier roughly almost every time that you go, that's a lifestyle rhythm. So these are these are the rhythms that put us around people as natural part of our lives. And we just need to be more intentional about getting to know their names and to ask them questions and check in on them. The second one that we talk about a lot is volunteering. Okay. So this would be any opportunity where you you volunteer that puts you around people who don't know Jesus. Now, a lot of people, when we talk about volunteering, they assume that the people you are serving are the ones that you're going to be reaching. Actually, in many volunteer cases, those aren't the people that you reach. Uh, I know that when I worked at the Homeless Shelter and Recovery Center, that often the, the clients, the, the homeless population that came in to be served that the volunteers would not get a chance to interact with them in a deep and regular, meaningful way. However, it's the people they served alongside, the other volunteers, that they would get a chance to build a relationship with and maybe see each other on a regular basis and be able to work there. So when you're working with Habitat for Humanity, you're probably maybe not get to know the family that you are serving by building the home, but you may build a very deep relationship with the person that you're swinging a hammer alongside. So volunteering is another. We talked about lifestyling, we talked about volunteering, and then we go into hobbies. And just a quick word about the volunteer. If you're wondering, like, what would be particular volunteer opportunities that would be helpful um, and, and help me really be able to develop relationships and everything, I would look for specifically volunteer opportunities 
that emphasize relationship. In fact, uh, just the other day, I went on to the World Relief uh, website. Apparently, they have a presence here in my area. It's for, you know, reaching out to refugees, helping them. There is literally a entry there that says friendship partner. So they're literally looking for people to be friends with refugee families. And I'm like, well, there you go. I mean, it's pretty much packaged up right there for you. And so, you know, just, just look on different, you know, crisis pregnancy centers, educational places, you know, all different kinds of areas that they, they'll have relational opportunities. And those are the ones that are going to, to be better than perhaps ones that just provide a quick service or that are more behind the scenes in some, or something where you only see people very briefly and then you rush on to the next thing. Right. So the next one after volunteering would be hobbies. So these are fun activities that give you either a weekly or bi-weekly opportunity to bond with those in the community who don't know God. Okay. So these could be, you know, if you like to go swimming, it may be a, gr- a club that you join to go swimming and to get healthy that way. It could be a Zumba class. We've joked around uh, with our current class a little bit about people joining a Zumba class. It could be that. It could be a cooking class or a club, a gardening club or golfing buddies. I mean, you name it, the sky's the limit. And the beautiful thing about using our hobbies to connect with people that don't know Jesus is that it's a often something that we can join other people in doing. We don't have to create the opportunity ourselves. We'll talk more about that later on. And then also, it's something that we, we are more likely to do on a regular basis because it brings us joy and life. It's easier to sustain through the hard times because it's something that we like to do. So a hobby is a great way to engage people who don't know Jesus. And the last one would be your vocation, your job. You know, where do, where do the rhythms of your job take you where you interact with people in a way to build relationship? Now, we'll talk about springboarding relationships later, but a lot of jobs turn into springboarding relationships or engagements to where we actually have to do something else to engage them. But there are pockets within the job itself that allow us to get to meet people, have deep conversations. Uh, because they're people we see and spend a lot of time alongside with, alongside as we go throughout our days. And sometimes you can actually choose a job or, or whether it's part-time or whether it's on the side or full-time that actually allows you to develop relationships with other people that are co-workers that you're working alongside. I know when I was a waitress, I mean, goodness, I, that was such an opportunity for me to develop relationships with those other waiters and waitresses and staff, because it's basically a culture in and of its own where, you know, that you're working odd hours, close quarters as a team. And then when you're off, people are just exhausted and they just want to like, you know, eat or drink something together and talk about, you know, how hard their day was and how that weird customer was treating them and all this different type of stuff. And, and it gives you such an opportunity for, for relationship. Matt Lindley is another person who uses that. He installs window blinds uh, professionally and his job requires him to have another person with him to help him install the blinds. And so he'll often grab one of the new guys, go into the truck, and as they're driving long distances to go and install blinds, they'll listen to different kinds of podcasts that will spark conversations that are more towards meaningful and even spiritual in nature. So a job can often be a place 
where you can build some good relationships. Here's the one that a lot of people don't think about. You know, carpooling can be an opportunity. You and some colleagues that work together and maybe live in a similar neighborhood, but maybe work 20 minutes away or something like that, and you want to carpool to save gas money, can jump in a car together. And that regular relationship on the way can build a lot of, of opportunities to help people to have meaningful spiritual and discovery conversations. So those are the four overall categories of uh, engagement that we say. Now, there's one other added element I want us to think about, and it has to deal with holiday engagement, especially with us coming up into the fall season where there's going to be so many different community holidays and, and, and celebrations and things like that. I want us to think about how can we think differently about how we celebrate our holidays you know, I, you know, just because we're human beings, we use and, and in our culture, we usually think about spending our holidays with our own family and our own friends within our Christian communities. And so can we think dif differently and say, what general community celebrations and, and activities are out there that we can join to be able to meet people out there in the community? And, and so that way we're getting out of our Christian spaces and into places where we can meet lost people where they are and be able to join them in what they're doing. And so, uh, you know, and if we decide to, to, to throw a party or to, to, to make an event, let's make it a community event and not just a Christian event in which we're hoping that some lost might come to. And so, you know, we want to be able to, to think differently when we're thinking about the holidays coming up in the next few months. And of course, whenever we're thinking about it, it whenever we're thinking about it ahead of time, we have a lot of planning, right? If we wait until the week before Christmas, we're not getting, we're not getting anything together. And also, if we are right now developing relationships with people um, and starting the that process, by the time it gets to be mid-November and you're 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 actually issuing the invitations to maybe uh some some Christmas parties or get-togethers or something it now makes sense because you've gotten to know some of these people over time and so you're now hey I know my neighbor Bob and so when I talked to him about having some neighbors over it's not going to be like I talked to Bob for the first time right. and so it'll be helpful in that so uh, guys, the next thing that we're going to be looking at is what are some general good qualities of an engage of a good engagement? Um, because again, we when we're because we're trying to do uh, to reach the lost a bit differently than in the past. We want to get people to read the Bible uh, and and discovery Bible study. We we need certain kinds of engagement that allow us to be able to develop those relationships. Yeah, so a good quality uh, engagement is going to allow us time for conversation. <laughs> if you can't talk to people, it's going to be really hard to build relationships and have casual, meaningful, spiritual and discovery conversations. So you're going to want to make sure that whatever engagement it is, it gives you that time that there's somewhere built in where you're going to be able to sit down and, and talk with the people there. You might not think that you can have a quality engagement when you're checking out at the grocery store. But if you pick the same cashier each time, you can get to know their name, their background, what they've been doing in the weekend and things like that. So it doesn't have to be much time, but it has to be enough time 
to begin to, and regularly regular enough to be able to build relationship. The other other thing about a good quality engagement is that it can allow us an opportunity to meet the friends or the family, you know, the silo that they are a part of. Okay, so you want to be able to go from being able to talk with them in this environment and this event and then springboard into another another place to maybe perhaps meet their family and their friends and those kind of things. I was just talking with some people about that earlier uh, today, and we'll go into some examples here in a minute. The other thing that we, a good engagement does is it allows you to see the same people over time. Guys, relationship does not happen in a moment. As, law, as, far, as much as extroverts like to pretend they can become bosom buddies with uh, someone they've just met, it's really not likely to happen. So, uh, so it's really important to go out there and to, and to be in a space on a regular basis in order to get to be, know people's names, get to know their stories, get to know what is going on. It needs to be an interactive environment. So it's one thing if it allows time for conversation, but does it allow time for some interaction? Uh, I have found that it's harder for me to build a relationship at Costco than it is at my local neighborhood Walmart. Why? Because Costco is about efficiency, pulling people through. And even though I might say the same people, they see so many people in a day, they rarely recognize me. Whereas my local Walmart, it's a little bit less people, a little bit slower, and we're able, we're able to get in and be able to, to meet people and to talk to them a little bit more and get to know their stories. I once got to know a, a woman who was a recent widow at Walmart because um, I was there at the same time. I saw her, her, her every single time we went in. I got, she told me her story. I learned more about her. I learned, I even offered at one point in time, she was building a retaining wall in her in her backyard and I offered the Boy Scout troop because my son was a Boy Scout to go over and help her. And she told me no, because she was excited about the exercise that she was getting from building the wall herself. She's a very independent person, uh, but, but she was great in getting to talk and know her because the, in, the environment there allowed us to get to know one another. The other thing that a good engagement will often do is that um, it will allow us to share and experience life together a little bit. You know, what is what is going on? I can share my thing with, you You know, with with this woman. I could share a little bit about my family and she met my kids and those kind of things. And she would ask questions about the groceries I was I was buying from time to time. Hey, you got something fun planned? I see some chips. You don't normally buy chips, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, and we were able to talk about that or the kids would come up and say, it's my birthday. And that's why we're buying these cupcakes and, and have those kind of shared life experiences. So even in something as simple as someone at Walmart, you can have those kind of experiences and everything. Remember when we're thinking about what's a healthy rate and variety of engagement, because you want to have a variety of things that you do and people that you're engaging, and you want to have a, a, a healthy regality of it too. So it's like a good exercise routine. You don't want to just exercise your arms and forget your legs, and you don't want to just do one push-up per day and expect to be to be have your body transformed. Uh, so you know we have to have a, a healthy rate and variety. So first off, think about three to five different ways in which you're trying to develop relationships with lost people. So 
and and hopefully through that you'll find three to five different you know groups of people whatever for you to really kind of lock in and get to know um so our our rule of thumb so far as the rate of that is seeing people at least once every other week so in other words at least every other week so that means it with these three to five that means that you would be seeing them at least uh once every other week and so that means two to three ways in which you're meaningfully engaging lost people per week and so you know that's that's a good healthy rhythm and it will help it, it, it'll make sure that there's no um a lack for people you're talking to progress that you're making and it allow you also to make good pivots because if you're seeing people frequently, you know if it's going somewhere or not. Uh, then you know if you only see them like once a month or once every other month, it's hard to know uh, whether or not you're going to get anywhere. I'm Paul Watson, and this is Rebecca Ewing, and you've been listening to the CDM podcast. Like, share, five star rate, and review this podcast. Uh, we will be back after the break with our premium content. You can listen to our full premium content by becoming a five dollar a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, P A T R E O N dot com slash faithworks, or click on the link in the description. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast. To hear part two, become a supporter on our Patreon page. If you're listening in the CDM app, you can click below or you can find the link in the description. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com or download the Contagious Disciple Making app.